0: Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. This, you know, you probably didn't expect uh, my happiness and Id- Id- jubilation, but here I am. Uh, welcome to this uh, week's recording. Uh, today, I have a return guest. You may have enjoyed her, her wisdom and her guidance uh, last time she was on the show. Her name is Brenda Aloko. She's my dear friend, a fellow Toastmaster, a past District Director of District 48 in Southwest Florida, United States, a business owner, and just a good uh, good human being, a wonderful human being. So I welcome Brenda back to the show. Hey, Brenda.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Well, I'm great. I'm happy that you came back and wanted to uh, share this experience with your growing fan. Thank you. Fans, not fan, fans. Fans, <laughs> fan base. Hopefully, there's more than one fan. <laughs> <laughs> <They're so shy. laughs> We're always looking for more fan bases, of course. So, Brenda, um, let's just let's go a little bit different direction that we did last time. Okay. What makes you you? How did you <laughs> become you, Brenda? Tell us. Tell us the story.
1: Well, growing up, no, uh, <laughs> I am a transplant to Florida, like many individuals. I feel, though, growing up, I had the, the best of both worlds. I started out city life, mm-hmm. and my father decided that he didn't want his three children growing up in the city, so he moved us way out to the farmlands and grew up uh, on a cattle ranch where we raised black Angus cows and chickens and pigs and didn't have store-bought food we had homegrown food. And when my mother asked me to go out and and fix the salad, it meant I had to go out to the garden to pick all the vegetables. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one day we came down to Florida because my aunt and uncle lived here and it was in the heat of winter. My father liked the fact that it was December and he could take the family out to the beach. Mm -hmm. As soon as we got back home, the house went up for sale and we moved to Florida. What was interesting is when I was going to school, even though it was a public school, and I am talking back in the 70s, just after the 60s, where everybody was, you know, the hippie power and love and all that kind of stuff. But the school I went to was our dresses. Women, girls had to wear dresses. We couldn't wear slacks. And our homerooms consisted of making sure that our skirts and our dresses weren't too far above the knee. And I remember it very vividly because my dad took me to the high school where because I moved we moved down here when I became a senior in high school which was traumatic my father thought it was great he was giving the state of Florida to his who his, his eldest child for her 17th birthday I cried the entire time from Ohio to Florida I did not want to move I did not want to leave my friends I think I've only been back to Ohio three times since then but I remember it so vividly because we were walking into the high school and my dad was commenting on the length of the hair of the person walking in front of us and said, you know, I can't believe that this school allows girls to wear jeans and all this kind of stuff. And she turned around and she became a he with this long beard and I just started laughing because I went, all right, I might like this school, I can wear jeans. So it it was very interesting and I grew up in a very sheltered family. I'm the the oldest girl, Mm -hmm. but I also grew up understanding the value of family, Mm -hmm. and very close to both of my brothers, and I have a great deal of aunts and uncles that I can surround myself with. Mm -hmm. The other piece is I'm very driven with certain things. One of the things I wanted to do was to go to college. I actually ran away from home to go to college because my, dad, my dad's thinking back then, even in the 70s, was that the most I really had to, to be self-taught or trained in is to be the excellent cook and housekeeper. I am a good cook because I enjoy cooking. Uh, my husband is better at the housekeeping trick than I am. Right. So he does, we trade off on those kind of roles. And for the women out there, I've been married happily for 35
0: years. Congratulations yeah. to, you, to you and to your husband. Thank you. My
1: I attribute it to my husband's philosophy is that as long as I'm happy, it's legal, and we can afford it, go for it.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that always been like that.
1: It's always been like that. Okay. He will always ask me because I always if it has something to do with financial, I will always say, "Hey, you, what do you think?" And he goes, "Well, you're the one, you know, with the bank account." And he goes, "Can we afford it?" Well, yeah. If I do this, and then he's I don't need the details. He goes, if we can afford it, it makes you happy. And it's not land us in jail, then go for
0: it. <laughs> I love it. I think this is a great advice for <laughs> many uh, couples who are seeking harmony, right? Or happiness. Is there such... Do you mind if we talk more about this? this no, not is, at this, all. This is interesting, right? <laughs> because I admire um, the uh, leg- leg- longevity of your union, right? Um, 35 years. That's a long, long time. That's a long time.
1: It, a long we've time. been together for almost 40, though. We we dated and lived together for almost four.
0: Wow. Okay. Do you mind uh, sharing some things that you know that uh, are important to, to be aware of, to make sure that you are successfully invested in marriage or even long-term committed relationship?
1: With any relationship, you have to understand that what makes the other person tick? You also have to figure out what's important, where to draw the line in the sand. And one of the things I'm fortunate about is when Dennis and I, which is my husband, started dating, we would sit and talk in the car. It's almost like the like the 50s and the 60s, you know, when you you stayed up until one o'clock in the morning talking with each other. We did that when we were dating and started talking about the things that were important to us and we dated for a very long time he did ask me i think once before i finally said yes and i said no i'm not ready and when we're both ready that's when it'll happen and one of the things is is we don't really argue i mean there are times when if you're walking by our house, you might hear us yelling, but I think that's because we're both in our 60s and I don't think we hear that well anymore, so we have to talk loud. <laughs> uh,
0: right, but it's,
1: right. and it's true. You don't go to bed mad, but you also have to have understanding and trust. There are times in my career, and not just with Toastmasters, that I traveled And one of the things I got to do for Disney was I got to travel to Kansas City to help train part of the organization that we had in Kansas City at the time. And I left shortly after our, our anniversary, which is July 31st, and I stayed until October 31st. There has to be a level of trust there that I'm going to be away from him and as well as he's not going to be around me that long, that we trust each other, that we understand that our marriage is important and that it's not just love, but it's our friendship that helps to keep us together. And, you know, I may look and go, wow, that's a good looking guy. And I know he'll say, hmm, that's a sharp looking woman. Mm -hmm. But we also know that our relationship is more important than a little trisk in the hay, so to speak.
0: <laughs> right. Um, okay. This is good stuff. I uh, I like your candor, and I like that you are willing to share. You're willing to share. That's a Thank you, thank you for that. So, in your, I know that you have been a long time uh, cast member. Yes. At Disney. Yes. Can you tell us about your career at Disney and what is your reflections back? I know you touched upon it in a previous episode you were you were with us. Um, and how are you applying that in your life now? Toastmasters, outside of Toastmasters, I know you are a mentor. You're a mentor. And mm-hmm. It's very important to you. And I think it has come from Disney, right? It is. In, 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 in some way.
1: Mentoring is really important because you have to have somebody in your life who believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. And that's part of really in reality what I did as a trainer with Disney because I would get people that came in and the only thing that we would have in common that first day is their love of Disney. And for some people, it wasn't the love of Disney, it was... Thank goodness I have a job because during the the 19 plus years that I worked for them, sometimes the economy wasn't so great and I could always tell because of the type of people that would get in. And We had people that had PhDs and, and master's degree and, and all this specialized field that during the worst of times that the economy wouldn't have a place in the workforce for these people. So they came to something that they loved. I got to experience individuals that they had no other place to go in their time of life. This one particular individual that uh, came into my life, she didn't have a job. She had no place to live. She had lost her home. She lost her ranch. She had two horses that she had to find homes for, truly living out of her truck, and the only pet that she got to keep was her cat. I didn't know that she was homeless until somebody came to me and said, what, I think one of your cast members, your trainees, has their pet in their car. I'm like, but it's Florida. Why would you you know, have your pet? So I went to this individual and she did have her pet in her car, but it wasn't on the inside. She had a truck and she had it in the cage. She always parked in shade and every break she would go out and check on her cat and make sure that everything was fine with her cat might not have been the most ideal situation, but the cat was safe. It was well cared for. And I asked her, I said, is there something I can do to help you? And she goes and shared her whole story with me. And started being a little bit more observant because of this individual because what I had not noticed is every single day she had on the same clothes they were clean but she had on the same clothes and it was a, a pair of white slacks and a white shirt that's all the clothes that she really owned she didn't really have anything and what was able to get permission from her was that with the class help that we reached out and we managed to get clothes for her so that she had something different to wear and I reached out to Disney at the time we didn't have each a lot of the parks had their own kennels so I reached out to one of the kennels and I said can we can we do this and we got special permission and even though she, it required her to drive to Orlando at least twice a week, but we had the kennel put her cat up. So her cat was in an air-conditioned environment at all times and, and well cared for. So we managed to do that. It's those type of situations that I felt really good about being a cast member The other part is watching people's light bulbs come off when they start learning things that they might not have been comfortable with, getting confidence in their ability, not just their love of Disney and the products and services that it's offered, but learning something, a new skill set, being able to uh, use a computer for the first time. There's a lot of individuals that came through the training class that never sat in front of a computer never did anything more than maybe send an email to family and now they're not only learning a new application on the computer they're being proficient with that being able to to talk to individuals and that's the key when it comes to a company like Disney is they don't necessarily look for somebody in their in the reservation center that is selling Disney we don't want you to really just sell Disney we want you to be aware of what it has to offer in your love of the product and the service. Everything else can come about. And I know there's people out there that go bahang bug to Disney, and that's fine. It may not be for everybody. But what I appreciate with the company is where it came from, the struggles, the things that it had to overcome, and how it protects the cast members, the families that are part of the cast members' families. I just have a love for the product I always have. And what's interesting is is when Dennis and I moved from Sarasota where we to Wesley Chapel, where we live now because of his employment, uh, it was one of those things where we had just bought the house, and I said, you know, let's take a weekend away. And he goes, where to? And I said, well, the only thing that's really close by is, and I can get a deal on it. So why don't we go to Disney? He had been to Disneyland. Right. But that's back when he had, you know, hair down to his waist, and he was a surfer, and he went, nah, that's okay. I'm like, oh, come on, let's go. I haven't been in years. I had, my father took me there when I graduated from high school. Right, right, right. I was hungover, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best thing to share with people, but I'm sure I'm not the only person that, you know, went there as the, when they were hungover from uh, high school graduation. But when we went there, we both went, wow, this is really cool. And... One of the things that's no longer there, two things, is where the uh, spaceship Earth is now. It used to be underneath there was not an attraction, but a location where you went in and you would punch in, like, I want to book a dining reservation. And somebody's face actually came on and said, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'd like to help you with your dining reservation. And the first restaurant we ever went to was a restaurant called Alfredo's. Both my husband and I have Italian heritage, and he loves Italian food. So we went there, and we have a picture of it where he's singing uh, this Italian song with an Italian waiter, and there's both my husband and I, and they're they're posturing a little bit, and they're singing. And what you see in the picture is this elderly couple looking at my husband and the waiter like, are you guys out of your mind? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it was just, you know, it's always been a source of happiness. And whenever somebody says, you know, I need to go to my happy place, for my husband and I, it's going to Disney because we get to, you can travel around the world in Epcot and never leave the U.S. Because everybody there is from the countries in which they work, and you get to find the history of those countries and the relationship that the U.S. has with those different countries now. To me, that's invaluable because I get to meet somebody that I might not ever have another opportunity to meet. Because I might not ever be able to travel to their home country. Yeah, and be able wow. to meet somebody from someplace else and and understand, for instance, Morocco. You know, understand why Morocco is built the way it is and the different shapes and and the the different parts of the country that it represents mm-hmm. is just in the relationship the special relationship the US had with Morocco I just yeah. I don't know my eyes light up when I start talking Disney It's
0: it's 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 uh, and I can I I can sense that and I think um I feel that energy I feel that energy of uh, deep admiration and deep care right what I really appreciate is when you talked about uh, cast members who work in a reservation it's not about just sales. It's about love of Disney. So when somebody calls in or calls back, uh, they get somebody on the phone who is a true advocate. Not just advocate in words, right? Yeah. But advocate in the way that they live. like They go to Disney parks, right? They, is that right?
1: It is. Uh, probably 80% of the people, when we take a day off, we go to work because we go to the parks (laughs) and we just we soak it up and a lot of times when I go to the parks one of the probably the perks of the job as a trainer is I was required to go to the parks Mm -hmm. I had to take my classes to go to the different parks and visit the different hotels or the resorts it was just really cool because they would when they would we be on break or, or something like that, we'd sit and people watch, and I go, and I wouldn't even tell them. You can tell how long somebody's been to Disney, or if, they, if they're different things that the families would experience. Because unfortunately, in this day and age, it takes both parents to, and that's if the family is fortunate to have both the whole family unit, you know, both parents. That it takes both parents to financially raise a family and when you see the fact that they're there together and it's the first time that maybe during the year that they really are together that there's different dynamics that that tend to, to happen because most of the times you don't eat dinner with your whole family I mean mom could say okay I've got this person this person whether it's ballet or whatever it is and maybe dad's taking you know the ones that play soccer the whole family dynamic is split, and the only time you really get to come together is when you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important yeah. to, to understand the family dynamics.
0: Wow, I learned so much <laughs> about Disney, and I'm a fan, of course, right? You
1: know? Yeah, I know, I see your pictures all the time. I'm going, oh, I wonder how he got there. wonder who he knows.
0: <laughs> right, I mean. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are very fortunate in that that way. Okay, Um, Brenda, so would you talk to us about what is your next hard project? What is your next big project that you are so focused on and want to serve your clients and your community? Uh, What is that next thing that is coming up?
1: It's really developing workshops that can help individuals that, that lack confidence and they're not sure how to get it, they're not sure how to coordinate the individuals around you that can help you build that confidence. That's really important because a lot of people, and I think I probably said it in the last podcast, somebody tells you no, that it just devastates you so it's how to get past the nose, how to understand that you have a great self worth mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what your skill set is that your story needs to be told whether you're uh, growing up on the farm and all of a sudden you're finding yourself in a whole new dynamics because living in Ohio living in Florida is, is very different and uh, Did you not have the best of family upbringing? You know, there is one of the speeches I have rolling around in in my mind is, and I've titled it, I remember, because I remember walking to school. I remember my mom not working, and it was a choice of not working and being able to come home at lunch and having, she was great with sewing and, and home cooked meals and things like that. And holidays were spent at my grandparents house. So just that different feeling, even though I know that the evil that exists now it's existed back then. But it's how do we overcome the evilness that's that is in the world? And how do we replace anxiety with understanding? How do we replace hate with kindness? It To me, it doesn't take any more effort to be nice to somebody than it does to be mean and angry with somebody. Not to say that somebody can't rub you the wrong way every once in a while, but it's like, okay, so what was it that triggered that negative emotion? And how can I turn it around? And I like how a lot of people are saying we need to do these random acts of kindness. Why does kindness have to be random? kindness should be something that's done every day. Every day you should wake up and say how can I how can I be kind to either something or someone? You know, my husband and I are both animal advocates and I think probably during the 35 years we have fostered I know we have fostered two dogs thankfully we found homes for them because we also had cats and cats and dogs that are strays coming into your home don't always mix really well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, things like what he would—one day, I have to tell the story, is we had just moved to Largo from Sarasota. I had not yet found a job, mm-hmm. and we moved to Largo because of his job. He was a tennis instructor at the time, and he wanted to work for this particular uh, individual, uh, his, And it's my mind, okay, I'm old, so his name just flew out the window. He was an Australian Davis Cup coach Mm -hmm. from Australia. And I came to pick him up because we only had one car at the time. And he goes, I have a surprise for you. He goes, you'll never guess what happened. I'm thinking, oh, thank goodness you got a raise. This happened. (laughs) And all of a sudden, this gray and white cat (laughs) pops up in my... And this is what? He goes... He just found me. He came to my lap. And I'm like, so you had nothing to do with it. You had no food in your pocket. You had nothing. He just came up to you and said, I need to go home with you. Yes, that's it. And that's, but I I had done the same thing when I was working for the bank. It was on a Saturday. And I was just taking a brief break. And all of a sudden, I'm passing these, these two nuns. And they had these kittens and, you know, they're like, I'm like, oh, I'm at work. I can't do that. I'm walking past, walking past. Oh, but like, well, you know what? If you're still here when I get off work, maybe. Uh-huh. And you're like thinking about this and you're thinking about this. And I'm like, what the heck? So I went back and I said, okay, one. I can take one. <laughs> one. And he was what, we, what people call a Hemingway cat because he had an extra right. thumb. Yeah. My husband decided to call him, I think he was Doug Williams. Because my husband, yeah. my husband is a big football fan. Somehow somebody else managed to convince me to take in another one, a calico. I said, as long as it's a guy, because I already have a guy, and I know I have to get him fixed soon. Yeah, yeah, I think so, I think so. Well, it wasn't. We found out all too late it was a female. Wow. And we kept all of the offspring.
0: Wow.
1: And it's just, it was one thing after another, and we've always fostered cats. We're down to, to one mm-hmm. now. And... What's interesting is she knows when I'm having a bad day because I'll sit in my easy chair and she'll just come up and that's about it, and looks at me funny if I try to get up, so yeah. it's just you know one of those things, but wow. kindness there's kindness just has to be our way of life. it's okay to have disagreements, it's okay to to debate because sometimes it's it's being able to debate a, a subject or a point of view but what I've seen through Facebook and through other social medias or I don't tweet even though I have a Twitter account but I just see all these little things of, of hate and I just I don't understand it we really have such a short time on earth and we never know how long our short time is and with all the evilness that that is in the world why would I? Why would somebody consciously be this angry person? Why would somebody consciously be filled with that that hate? It's like okay, and that's what mentoring should be about. Mentoring is not necessarily let me help you be the success. You know, yes, you're going to be a great speaker and you're going to be able to command ten thousand dollars. No, let me help you find a happy place because if you find your happy place then it's easier for you to figure out what it is you need to do life shouldn't be about money yes i need money to pay my bills i'm not independently wealthy but what i do isn't necessarily about money if i as long as i have enough money to pay my bills i'm a happy camper you know, my, my niece already knows that whatever she gets left is whatever she gets left. And it's not going to be this great wealth of, of an inheritance. But what I want to leave behind in the world is the fact that I'm able to help somebody else gain confidence, understand that kindness and paying it forward should be a way of life. It doesn't matter what. Ethnic culture, your religion, or if you don't believe in a higher power, right. but the ability to sit down and be kind to somebody, uh, or even to a stranger on the street.
0: So, if I understand you, if I heard you correctly, uh, Brenda, you are an advocate for high quality, higher quality of life for your community right yes who are who may not have the confidence right now but you can help them you can guide them right yeah is that accurate
1: yeah it's and that's really what mentoring is all about is helping somebody find the confidence keep their confidence and whatever it is they want to achieve that they have the ability to do that even some things don't take money, mm-hmm. but even if they did, let's figure out how to find this, the sponsorship that you need to figure that part out.
0: Yeah, and I've seen you do that, actually. I've seen you do that uh, with uh, members from your district, champions, Toastmasters. I have seen you do that. So you have a tremendous place of credibility uh, this where you sharing this. I get it. I really do. Uh, Brenda, we're coming to the end of this podcast. Okay. It's been, it's been very beneficial and very fruitful to me. And I hope it was for you as well and for the listeners. Brenda, what is the best way for your future fans <laughs> and clients and collaborators to contact you? Where can we find you?
1: They can connect with me through LinkedIn. They just have to look up Brenda Lago, DTM. They can find me that way. I have a really bad blonde haircut. Uh, Or find me on Facebook. They can text me. Mm -hmm. My phone number is 813-409-5229. I would recommend text first because that way I can, I do screen my phone calls. And if you don't leave a message, then I'm not going to call you back. They can email at challengingstatusquo at gmail.com. I have several different avenues, and if someone wants to reach out and just to chat, I have an ear. I have a shoulder.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank you for this gift, uh, Brenda. As always, so happy to see you, my friend. Always great to connect with you and hear your perspectives. I learned so much, and I will put your contact information in the notes for this podcast when it's published so people can direct, co- directly contact you with confidence, and, um, and, I'm sure, and I know you will get back to them. So thank you again. Thank you. We're. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone, and you are in a better place when you first uh, than when you first started listening. I'll see you next time, and don't forget to speak brave.